evening, everyone. Welcome to Youth Radio on 89.9 KUNM. I am your host, Michael Harley. And I'm your flipside host, Mina Lee. We have some lovely segments tonight, including Jaren's journey to the Blue Dragon Coffee House. Additionally, Luis Martinez has dug up some not-so-ancient music history for us. Furthermore, Lucia Martinez talked with movie veterans Edward J. Olmos and Moctezuma Esparza on their newest production, Walkout. But now, let's get things groovy with this week's music host, Tracy Tram. Take it away, Tracy. Watch that music go! Woo! Hey guys, I have some pretty awesome songs that you'll be hearing tonight. You'll be hearing songs from bands such as Rooney, Hot Hot Heat, Panic at the Disco, Kaiser Chiefs, and a couple more. The band who sings the song I'm going to play first is Nightmare of You. And if you haven't heard of them, you're missing out. Frontman Brandon Riley says writing is therapeutic. <clears throat> I have always been dysfunctional. That's probably why my lyrics come across as dark. But you have to have a decent sense of humor about what cards you're dealt in life. So from Brandon Riley and his band Nightmare of You, Here's the song, My Name is Trouble. for the music, Tracy. And now, our resident youth radio adventurer braved the sea of teens at the Blue Dragon Coffee House located in Albuquerque between Girard and Indian School. Now you, the listeners, can know more about this local hot spot. And now, here's Jaron Kai. I faced teeth, claws, and then temptation to buy a cup of coffee. I went to the Blue Dragon Coffee House to interview the owner, Norm, and various youth who just happened to be there. So can you tell us a little bit about the history of the Blue Dragon? Well, it was started out six years ago by a couple, uh, Lisa and Bill, uh, Lisa Dale and Bill Festi. And they ran it together for a few years and got separated and divorced. And then uh, Bill took over the business and then decided he didn't want the business and Lisa took over the business, the usual thing in divorces. And um, eventually I ended up uh, becoming the, the main guy here. So, so now, um, how do you feel about the amount of youth who hang out here at the Blue Dragon? Oh, I'm uh, happy with the youth that hang out here. I'd like to have a balance of all ages here, like a real all-age venue. And, uh, and But I'm, I'm really happy with the with the kids. I think it's an important place for not just, we're talking about teenagers probably, yeah. and we also have toddlers that hang out here too. They come usually with their parents though. That's the difference between the toddlers and the, and the teenagers. The teenagers usually come without their parents. So now, did you or the previous owners kind of intend this as a youth hangout? No, I don't think that was ever intended. Uh, it's just something that developed. Did you do anything to kind of make it appealing to youth? No, nothing special. So it's kind of the, the same as it is now as it kind of was, just certain changes here and there? 
Uh, there's been uh, changes, but mostly it's been evolving in a natural way. I think that what attracts the uh, teenagers here is the same thing that would attract um, all ages here. It's an open, respectful environment that uh, fosters uh, creativity and open discussion and thought. So I think that's, and I make sure that the, uh, the staff treats people with respect. That's very important. And that to get, acquire that, to get that from the staff, first I have to treat the staff with respect. That's a very important thing to understand. So it kind of thrives on a feeling of openness, creativity, and respect in a way? Yes, I think that summarizes it. 13-year-old Taylor is a frequent visitor to the Blue Dragon, but she's also getting training on certain music equipment from the owner, Norm. Tell us about some of your experiences here. A lot of fun experiences. Like it's like there's different like like lots of different people. Like there's people who hang out with like conservative people, and there's like all kinds of like you can talk intelligently here. You know, like you can have any kind of conversation you want, and people like even though you're young, they'll still like talk to you. You know, and they like accept you. Like they know that you're a smart person, so they'll still talk to you. So to keep going with the theme of atmosphere, it's really good. Oh yeah, <laughs> without the blue dragon, there would be nothing. And do you often just come here after school, walk down the street? Yeah, we stay here till like 11 at night. We even do like our homework here and stuff like that. And like you can even be here by yourself. It's just like in general to be here, it feels like, feels comfortable. And have you met a lot of friends here? Oh yeah, a lot. <laughs> like I know everybody here. I love them. <laughs> so it, in a way, it's just kind of like a family atmosphere? Oh yeah, definitely. It, like everyone's our, even Norm, the owner, like he's even um, working, he's helping me work with sound system. He's getting a new soundboard and he's letting me work with it because I'm like interested in that stuff. And it's cool that he like, he talks with people. He doesn't just do the shows. He'll sit down and talk to them and stuff like that. He's really cool. So what about the events here? The music is just great because it's people like we know. It's people that we see and like people who read poetry here. Like I've even cried at poetry slams, you know, and it's just like it's like a big gathering, you know. It's like a family reunion <laughs> and like I don't know, the music's just great and like when there's open mic and stuff like that, it's fun. <laughs> Sheila is an ex-employee of the Blue Dragon. And how often do you come to the Blue Dragon? Every single day. So would it be safe to say that you kind of actually live here in a way? Oh, this is my second home, more like my first home. <laughs> and what do you like about coming here to the Blue Dragon? I like coming here because all the people and all my friends, I can meet them up, be here with them and just hang out with them. And they don't say that we're bad kids or anything or just are discriminated against us. And how do you feel about the mixture of kind of youth and adults here in the Blue Dragon? I think it's great. I think it's um, a place where kids can meet older people and to come to them with um, problems that they have. And it just really helps us out a lot. So what about the atmosphere here? A really laid-back, chill place where they have great food and awesome coffee and chai, beautiful chai. <laughs> now, what about have you had any interaction with the owner? Yes, I used to work here and I used to... Um, him and I talk daily when we see each other, and he's a really great guy. So you said you used to work here. How, how does it differ being on the other side of, um, other side of the counter in a way? It's kind of hard. I mean, you have to usually tell your friends to calm down and stuff, and they get all mad at you, but they understand. But I mean, I think it's not much of a difference. It's still a chill back place back behind the counter.
Norm talks now about training patrons on certain equipment and also putting together the various events. Are you trying to book any events or more events that kind of are youth, either youth oriented or kind of what you feel uh, the teenagers or the youth would be in interested in? Or are you doing kind of a balance of it? Balance, a balance of events. Uh, it's really important that the youth and young people get a chance to perform and not only to uh, come hear people that they'd like to hear, but also uh, perform. And it's an important space for that. Yeah, there's people that express an interest in something. Um, I allow them to uh, participate in things. And uh, we have, oh, we have the neighborhood didge kids too that are playing didgeridoos. They made their own didgeridoos. And uh, we, I encourage them to get up on stage and perform. Um, I'm looking for some uh, teenager that's interested in plumbing, though. Because <laughs> we have a few plumbing problems that could be corrected around here, and I could show them how to do that. There's an issue I have with some of the adults and older, oh, people who are even just in their 20s or 19 who are objecting to the behavior of teenagers, and they've forgotten that they were teenagers once also. And I think that it's a very important to have a place in places for teenagers to, to meet with one another and to be also meet with uh, people of all ages. I think it's healthier when we have people of all ages in an environment. I also think that it's impossible to, uh, when uh, a human being hits the teenage years, to cordon them off somewhere out on the West Mesa <laughs> until they learn to be responsible, mature adults. We have to have places for teenagers, and we have to learn how to accept them and uh, tolerate a certain amount of their behavior and yet draw boundaries when they go beyond that. The Blue Dragon Coffee House is on Indian School in Girard. For KUNM Youth Radio, I'm Jaron Kai. And now you know the Blue Dragon is the place to be and has many opportunities for youth these days. Thank you, Jaron, for that great piece. And now I'm going to take the hosting position and I'm just going to throw it to Tracy. You ready, Tracy? You ready? Yes. Go long. Okay, I'm running. There you go. Okay, get it, I, I, get I, it. I caught it. Okay. Okay, okay, good. On their latest album, Almost Here, the band The Academy Is shoots from the hip and aims for the heart. Here's Slow Down by The Academy Is. the door and take the stairs up or down ups and downs don't pretend you've never been there you kiss me like an overdramatic actor who's starving for work with one last shot to make it happen won the role you've played your part you've been cordially invited but I'm not thank you tracy now is the time when we play one of my songs.
this week on Youth Radio, we're going to expand the indexes of your musical knowledge with a quick peek into an all-too-commonly-passed-over subgenre of late 80s British indie rock called shoegaze. Before Britpop behemoth Suede came to dominate the scene in 92, the droning roar of shoegaze cascaded across the land in blurry, heavily distorted waves of feedback. Named for the static performance style commonly associated with the genre, Shoegaze is generally characterized by walls of droning guitar, copious washes of distortion, tranquil buried vocals, and, of course, an onstage MO of standing motionless, staring somberly at the floor while issuing waves of crashing sound through the audience. While many shoegaze bands merely drifted through the fledgling subgenre in their progression from the extremely harsh, as with Dinosaur Jr., to straightforward pop, as with the later offerings of Lush, the basic template was set by undisputed shoegaze frontrunners out of Dublin, Ireland, My Bloody Valentine. Whom we have just heard from, off of their 1991 magnum, magnum opus album Loveless, uh, the song that, w- that we heard before I started talking was um, My Bloody Valentine called Only Shallow. And now a slight departure from that template. Um, this next song is by the Boo Radleys, and it's called um, Butterfly McQueen. Wow.
shoegaze. That's thought-provoking. Well, thank you, Luis, for informing us on that music genre. Speaking of music, here's Tracy. All right, throw me the mic, Mina. Okay, ready? All right. Go long. Oh, I didn't catch it. All right, okay, I got, I got, I got it. Okay. Okay, Rooney. Rooney is a five-piece rock band hailing from Los Angeles whose music is similar to artists who range from the 60s to the present day. Although they have a distinctive style, their sound has been compared to everything from the Beatles to the Cars to Blur. Having toured the nation with acts such as Weezer and The Strokes, Rooney is still able to capture elements from the past four decades and make them sound modern today. Here's their song, I'm Shaken. Youth Radio producer Lucia Martinez had the great opportunity to interview two experts in the field of movie making. Well-known films such as Selena, Twelve Angry Men, and The Road to El Dorado rest under their belt. And now, for more on these two men and their newest venture into a youth-related true story, here's Lucia. On March 8th, I had the privilege to interview producer, director, and activist Moctezuma Esparza and actor-director, screenwriter, and activist, Edward James Olmos. Both of these Chicanos are amazing. They strive for equality and social justice. They do this through their work. Their new movie, Walk Out, reflects their struggles. Walk Out is about the movement started by Chicanos in East LA in the late 1960s for equal treatment in the school systems. Mr. Esparza, I understand that you were one of the original students who walked out um, of the Los Angeles high schools. And I was wondering, how is this message that you're putting out through the movie important to youth today? I actually was a freshman at UCLA. I had just graduated from Lincoln High School, which is one of the five East LA high schools. And so I was there in support to help the high school students who were choosing to walk out at that time <clears throat> to uh, provide them uh, uh, protection in terms of uh, making sure that the strike was uh, legal and that it followed the rules and laws, and to protect them from the police, which was the role of the Brown Berets and of the college students at the time. This movie is remarkably relevant today because what we were looking at in 1968 was a terrible dropout rate. More than half of the Chicanos didn't get to go to college, and only 2% of Chicanos at that time uh, were enrolling in college, uh, which is... Uh, a, a terrible, terrible waste of human talent and a denial of opportunities to our community. Well, that problem still exists today. Uh, even though the college enrollment rates have increased, the dropout rate is probably worse today uh, in the major urban Latino cities than it was 40 years ago. So this movie is important because it is capturing our history, history that has been denied, and it is also putting a spotlight on education today. And I really want to thank you for doing this, for creating, producing this movie. It, it means a lot to all of the young Chicanos out there. Mr. Olmos, can you explain to me how you've used your talent in the film industry 
to promote social justice and activism? I've been very fortunate in being able to work uh, throughout the last 41 years in the industry, and it's been a very slow process. But uh, I've been very fortunate in being able to choose the material that I want to work on. And uh, the only thing that I ever had passion for and excitement for was my uh, the things that I knew really well, which were my own cultures and uh, my own understanding of my environment and my region in which I was born and raised in. And so I've really tried to find the stories inside of those regions and try to tell those stories. So uh, I've been very fortunate, American Me, Stand and Deliver, um, Mi Familia, and now Walk Out. And uh, uh, these are films that really have made a, a big difference in, in my life. And, uh, and I think people who have seen them have learned a little bit more about the Chicanos that live in um, that part of the world. I'd like to thank you as well, because all of these movie, this, movies that you've acted in, they bring some sort of comfort to Chicanos all over. So, Out of all the movies that you've produced, most of them are about the Latino Chicano people, and I was just wondering why this is important to you. To I started off my career as a political activist, and so I come to filmmaking as a producer uh, with that legacy. Um, I got into film school by organizing a student strike to take over the film school at UCLA because there were no people of color there. Now, my intention had not really been to be a filmmaker. My intention had been to continue as a political organizer for Chicano and uh, the rights of all people who are denied uh, social justice. But having gone into film, uh, I woke up to the fact that the most powerful method of educating people is in fact film because of its tremendous emotional impact on the human psyche. Uh, this is something that Edward James almost talks a great deal about, the power of movies. And understanding that, I, I came to understand that I could change how people thought about Chicanos uh, in the world by creating true three-dimensional portraits of real people who are capable of the best and the worst uh, uh, that all humanity can, and that I could create uh, stories that uplifted and that I could capture our history uh, and that I could further uh, the careers of many people in the industry by pursuing the career of being a producer. A producer is for me being an organizer in a new guise. And I found that through films that that's one of the easiest ways to get through to youth, so you're right on track there. And this question is for both of you now. What did the student walkouts of 1968 change for the Chicano people in this country? Well, I think the biggest change was to bring an awareness of the difficulties that we faced across the country. And it brought it to the forefront for a short amount of time. And in that period of time, the students got a chance to look at themselves and see what exactly was happening in their neighborhoods and in their schools. And it did change the course of the enrollment of students. First of all, the dropout rate did come down a little bit. And, uh, but in the year 2006, it's gone back up again in a drastic way, even may in some parts of the country, worse than it was even in 1968. But the enrollment into college was what really augmented itself in a high way. Uh, I think the statistics say that we went from about 2% enrollment in colleges across the United States of America to over 10%. 
and uh, that was a really big jump. And and uh, in some venues, in some places, it went up to 25% change, augmentation of, of the participation of Latinos in higher education. So it, it really was a big, big change, and it had a real big impact. And, and to date, I don't think there's been a, a bigger surge that has ever happened in our enrollment. That's why the movie is so important. We need to re-inspire kids to really understand what other kids did for them so that they could have things like Chicano Studies courses in in college to you know help them understand themselves a little bit better. And the kids of back in 68 who sacrificed themselves and put themselves on the line because this was not uh, fun. You know what I mean? This was not just a, a game that they were playing. Uh, this was something that ended up becoming very, very difficult for everybody because when you walked out of your classroom, you were saying to the school system that I really don't like what you're doing to us. And thereby, all of the leaders um, were putting themselves on the line. And, and you're going to see the story of some of those leaders and what happened to them in the film Walkout. So you get a real strong understanding of what the sacrifice was during that period of time. And I also think that a lot of youth who are getting ready to go to college today don't really understand how important it is. And I just want to thank both of you again for making this film because I'm hoping that maybe some people that I know will eventually see how important college is and will try and do their best to get in. I want to thank you for your appreciation that we made this movie, but we also need to acknowledge HBO. Of all of the studios in Hollywood, they are the only place that is willing to make this kind of a movie. And this is important to understand. Uh, they have a history of taking on controversial topics and of pushing the limit. Um, and they are the only place right now that is taking an aggressive stance in terms of including Latinos in stories. So from that vantage point, I think that uh, those people who see the movie, who like the movie, who, who are touched by the movie, should write HBO and let them know, and let them know that they want more. Walkout will premiere on HBO starting March 18th. I'm Lucia Martinez, reporting from KUNM Youth Radio. was a lovely interview conducted by Lucio Martinez. It really is true the impact that movies can have. And now, since there's no particular person to throw the music to, I'm going to use the force to force the music button to turn on the music. just heard was Stand By Me, a heartfelt, a heartfelt ode to friendship and devotion, co-written by Ben E. King. Stand By Me became his signature song and an enduring R&B classic. This was King's biggest hit, topping the R&B charts and reaching the pop top five. 
The song coming up next is Na 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 by Kaiser Chiefs. for the Youth Radio Calendar with Chateauney Tuck and Marsh Chalon. Hello, this is Youth Radio Calendar. I'm your host, Marsh Chalon. And this is Chateauney Tuck sharing with you some upcoming events. On Tuesday night, March 14th, Responsible Parents Raise Responsible Kids, a seminar by Betsy Geddes of Love and Logic Institute offered by Manal School. From 6 to 9 p.m. at the First Presbyterian Church. For more information, visit www.manaschool.com or call 345-7727. Also on Tuesday night, Twilight Hike on a Full Moon Night. Join a park ranger on a listening walk through the bosque offered by the Friends of the Rio Grande Nature Center State Park. 2901 Candelaria Northwest at 6 p.m., but registration is required. For more information, please call 344-7240. On Wednesday, March 15th, Broken Bones, Total Chaos, The Rum Fit, and The the Derklicks will be playing at the launch pad. Doors open at 7 p.m., and it's an all-ages show. Friday, March 17th, Balance Unleashed by the Fairy, known as Vanguard, will perform at Soul Arts. Begins at 8 p.m. March 14th, a film discussion group devoted to the art of motion picture at Barnes & Noble, the Coronado Center, 6600 Manal Northeast, in the cafe at 7 p.m. For more information, call 883-28200. Cascara del Flores. Flor- Floric Traditions of Mexico and Cuba, Saturday, March 18th, 7.30 p.m. in Corrales Cultural Arts Council. Music in Corrales. Sunday, March 19th, Operas Unlimited at the St. Michael's All and All Angels Church starts at 3 p.m. Salsa Dance every Friday, all ages from 9 p.m. to 11 a.m. with music by DJ Enoche. At Selene Studios, 7120, Wyoming Northeast, Suite 17. Every Sunday, Tango Lessons. Come learn, practice, and dance at Solo Club, 2500 Candelaria Northeast from 2 to 4 p.m. And you can call for more information at 323-7584. Happy, 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 happy birthday to our fellow youth radio member, Mikey, 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 Michael Harley. Also, I'd like to say happy birthday to my little sister, Cynthia Chalon. She turned 11 on March 9th. And this concludes uh, the calendar for this week. We've been your host. I've been, I'm Marsh Chalon. And this is Shasane Tuck. We hope you enjoyed the calendar and come back for more next week. You can find all of the events posted at Youth Radio webpage at www.kunm.org slash youthradio. And now back to Michael and Mina. 
It's time for credits. Our wonderful producers tonight were Kyle Ferris and Diana Baron Moore. Our magnificent engineer was Luis Martinez. Our lovely music host was Teresa Tram. Our fantastic calendar hosts were Chatonay Tuck and Marsh Chalon. Thank you to Jaren Kai for producing that Blue Dragon segment and Luis Martinez for producing the music segment. Another thanks to Lucia Martinez for conducting the interview with Edward J. Olmos and Moctezuma Esparza. Other awe-inspiring Youth Radio Collective members are Philip Riley and Paula Castillo. Our adult co-conspirators are Roberta Rael, Marcos Martinez, Danielle Cantrell, Otiyama Umi, and Steve Emmons. I'm your host, Michael Harley. And I'm your co-host, Mina Lee. That just about wraps up our show for this evening. If you can't get enough of us, visit our website at www.konm.org slash youth radio. Tune in next Sunday at 7 p.m. for another show of Youth Radio on KUNM 89.9 FM. Thank you for listening. The next band took their name from a line in a song called Panic by Name Taken. Pete Wentz from Fall Out Boy had heard of the band when they posted a comment on Fall Out Boy's live journal. And from there, Panic at the Disco was signed by Field by Raymond to Wentz imprint label Decadence. The band's popularity had also increased due to their online presence with pure volume, having them consistently in their top 10 signed band list and reaching number one on the MySpace chart. Here's a song called The Only Difference Between Martyrdom and Suicide is Press Coverage by Panic at the Disco. Sit tight, I'm gonna need you to keep time Come on, just snap, snap, snap your fingers for me Good, good, now we're making some progress Come on, just tap, tap, tap your toes to the beat